Welcome to the Life on Ice podcast, featuring myself, Jody Figlamani, and my co-host, Amber Scott. Hi, JB. Welcome. Hey, Jody. <laughs> so today we have a different spin. We are talking to JB Pikes. did you say? It's Pikus. EI makes an I sound. It's does German. Every, does everyone just call you JB? They call me JB or James Bond or Justin James Bieber. What, whatever. <laughs> I remember when I met you, you're like Justin Bieber. Like I'm gonna stick with JB. Um, so we're talking to JB today, and it's interesting because it's parent perspective, which we haven't had before. So um, this is his perspective, clearly, and how JB and I met was I was hired by Ryan Edwards to coach his Leaside Flames team. And guess who was on the ice with them? None other than Johnny Rogers and JB. So JB and I have known each other for what, two years? So, it's I been the, the best two years of, of my life, Jody. <laughs> I, I can remember the day we first met. I think, remember it was at Don Mills. Remember, remember we started at Don Mills. 6.15 a.m. Yes, listen, I will say that this is the only team that has ever gotten me to the rink at 6.30 in the morning, and for those of you who know me, I don't do morning skates, but I spent two years with these guys every week for the entire season um, at Don Mills or, or Side Arena, so that's that's got to say something, JB. Mm-hmm. So anyway, tell me a little bit about, like, how did you become a part of that team? Yeah, so as you know, and... Um as the listeners will soon find out, we have three kids, Serena and I. Yeah. There's Corey, who's at 2013, mm-hmm. so grade four, uh, going into U11 season. Yeah. There's Jesse, 2018, your your protege. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that you've had for a couple of years, and that's yes. in our 2015 loop. Yeah. Mr. Johnny Rogers, the one and only, has a 2015 named Sammy. Yeah. And Coach Ryan Edwards, brother of Jamie Edwards, yes. has a 2015 son as well, Declan. Uh, and then there's my daughter Shelby at 2018, who you'll be uh, teaching soon, soon enough. Soon. <laughs> soon enough. So yeah, so you know we had our 2015s at Leaside, mm-hmm. and the three of us wanted to coach. Um, now, when you say coaching, in my mind, for me, that's assistant coaching. Yes. Which uh, whew, that head coach takes on a lot of responsibility. Is John the head coach, or is Ryan the head coach? Ryan is definitely the head okay. coach, and Johnny and I were his. Uh, we pushed around the pucks. So. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> which which is a pretty good gig. Hey, I gotta say, out of you and Johnny, you know Johnny was good too, but you were you were the best. You you were the best on ice assistant I've ever had. So, well, it's it's my you? pleasure, and you know that that's the thing. When you're on the ice with Johnny, you're gonna look good at just about anything. So I was always happy to be out there with him for comparison purposes. Oh, Johnny. So I assume you enjoy being out there. It's your kid, which is great. But you have so much energy on the ice. I love it. And so do I. So so we, funny enough, I've asked him now. He comes on the ice with me for my other class, <laughs> which is great. We have a great time. But um, you coached both. The first year you guys didn't come on the ice with me, did you? We did. I think... Um, At Don Mills? It was just the two of us. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And I think another coach came on for a little bit and then st- and stopped coming on. Okay. So... I love that team. You know that. I don't. I don't coach a lot of young kids, but they're my favorite team ever. I love all the kids. Um, let's talk a little bit about first youth hockey because mm-hmm. I get a ton of messages 
And, and I love this question because I love when parents are informed of what to do, but I get a lot of messages that say, you know, my kid is three, four, five years old, where should I start? Because in yeah. my opinion, I have a big opinion on this, and it's good to have your perspective with three kids, obviously, in sports, but I'll tell you mine, but what I'd like to know from you is when you were first signing up, I guess it would have been Corey, he's your oldest, Yes. what did you do opposed to, you know, hockey, figure skating, can skate, like what was your route and why did you choose that? Yeah, and just to enlighten the listeners, um, most probably know can skate, but to me that's, you know, the ages three to five Mm -hmm. in um, not hockey equipment, but certified helmet, gloves, winter gloves, skates, and it's just going out there with some structure Mm -hmm. and small groups with an instructor um, and starting to play games on the ice and moving around, Mm -hmm. probably with aids, slowly to remove them, uh, and just getting their feet wet uh, on the ice for an extended period of time without their parents, Mm -hmm. which is fantastic. So going back to all three of our kids, it's been the same philosophy. Uh, The sort of threshold for us was the third birthday. That's where you can start going into these, lots of these can skates and uh, the pre-can skates rather, Mm -hmm. and you can get registered. But Before turning three, uh, it was very important for us, for the kids to be on skates and if possible on skis um, and to just start getting used to balancing. Yeah. Not skating, not skiing, just balancing. And I associate those two sports together at the Mm -hmm. beginning because they're winter sports. Um, Skating would be at public rinks. Those were open all throughout COVID, for example. So you would take them yourself? Yes. Entering any kind of organization. Okay. Yeah. So... You know, all three of our kids were on skates. Oh, I shouldn't say skates. Maybe those bobsleds. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, at, well, as soon as they were walking. So okay. they're all summer babies. So that first winter, they'd be one and a half or so. They yeah. would be on the ice, walking around. I'd bring out bubbles from Dollarama. Getting uh, the feel. Getting yeah, yeah. the feel, taking some pictures, um, having fun <laughs> as yeah. a family. But not skating and not putting any pressure on skating. Okay, and so then when they turned three, four, then you would enroll in some kind of organized sport, like organized can skate or something like that, like you, you just explained. And not to put pressure on it, but I'd say four is probably a bit too late. Yeah. Um, not to <laughs> not to caution families about this, but, yeah. you know, there's places, I used to work there when I was in high school mm-hmm. at Premier Skating. It's still around yeah. it. Larry Grossman, but that oh, really yeah. caters to the pre-can skate. Yeah, yeah. Uh, they'll take three-year-olds and they build them up on the ice from the lowest end group that's holding on yeah. to aids all the way up to where you're doing sort of more conventional line skating. Uh, but all three of the kids went to premier skating uh, on or by the third birthdays for that pre-can skate. That's great. Okay, so obviously I'm a Skate Canada coach, have been for 25 years. So... It's probably similar to what what you were used to, but a lot of people ask me, like, where should they go? Even though they're playing hockey, where should they go? Should they go right into a learn-to-play, things like that? And here's my theory on it. When you don't do a pre-can, like you were saying, or a a can skate, and you go right into the learn-to-play with a stick, you can barely skate, and you're holding onto the stick the whole time. So, mm-hmm. in my opinion, you're not getting skating skills. You're just getting the experience of maybe starting to play hockey. So, for us, like how the can skate is structured, which is similar, is there's a pre-can, three to five, um, not any experience of skating at all, right? Mm-hmm. So, that's quite popular. 
Um, then you kind of graduate to Canscape, which is six different levels, and it, it is stage one to six, and you go through all the fundam fundamental skating skills, which are the same things that we coach, just in a different level, right? So you get those building blocks, per se, to be a skater. And I always recommend putting them into that because the figure skating, which is obviously Canscape for Skate Canada, is going to give you the fundamentals. Then, Skate Canada does have a program where you graduate to, it's called Can Power, and it's an introduction to, can, to power skating, basically. Um, but then when you graduate Canscape and you're done level six, you can take off your helmet when you graduate level five, you know, mm -hmm. you're doing Mohawks, you're doing a lot of different things. Um, you then can branch off, depending how old you are, there's some that are really young and really good and some that are older. There is a lot of hockey players on the ice. They do wear full equipment. Mm -hmm. um, they're just put into different groups. But then you can graduate and be, okay, I want to play hockey now, but I, I know how to skate already. You're not just thrown into the ice with a stick, not knowing how to do edges or not having any kind of basic fundamental. So sounds similar to yes. kind of what you're saying. You're, you're, you're based in groups. You know, there's anywhere from five to ten kids per group. The coaches are spread out. You know, you have little parts of the ice. You're not doing full ice or anything like that. Mm -hmm. um, and that's what I always recommend first because that's how you're going to build a foundation. Then you're kind of free to either join figure skating if that's your choice or go into the select or house leagues or things like that to start your hockey programs, right? So so that's what uh, it sounds as though you did the same thing, which is great. So that's what I always recommend to people. Um, and and I, it's so funny that you say three is too late. I, I think getting on the ice, three, four, for sure. Uh, that's when I started skating. That's when a lot of people start skating. It's just to get used to the blades, get yes. used to the feel of the ice. Um, so I think it's great. Now, if we, if we think a different way, so he's got two kids, so I coach Jesse and Corey. Now, mm -hmm. when you talk about the technical skating, which of course is what I teach, um, I coach both his kids. What do you think, now that you've said the age group, what do you think about Jesse versus Corey? So Corey is your 2013, Jesse is your 2015. So with Corey, I just met this season, mm -hmm. and Jesse I've worked with for two years. So we just were speaking about how early it is to start the technical skating. So what is your thoughts on how early do you need someone like me, like the technical skater, versus just a can-skate program? Because you've seen it. You, you've seen the impact it's had on Jesse. And, yeah, so what are your thoughts on that? So for Corey, I I didn't really even know they were figure skater coaches. Okay. That wasn't something in my orbit with his hockey. Mm -hmm. uh, we came through Leaside. He um, did not leave uh, for the feeder year of triple a teams mm -hmm. we stayed i was coaching I've, I've put in five years of coaching with corey and okay. three years so cool. far and counting with jesse so we stayed we were still under the umbrella of leeside mm -hmm. uh, he stayed in double a now he's since moved on to north york rangers triple a team mm -hmm. um, but in that orbit of double a hockey and within an organization there was no such thing as a figure skater coach there were hockey people yeah, that like marketed coach. Yeah. Yeah, power skating, mm -hmm. uh, which wouldn't be a whole lot of correction and would be more along the lines of line skating or, or circles or various C-cuts and pivots mm -hmm. and so forth, Yeah, but nothing with 
uh, tailored to an individual with their technique, with their, let's call it their four edges. Now, would you say there was not a lot of extra in or in the double A, or is it just not the skating was somewhat of a primary focus? There, there are extras. Um, there's, I mean, the nature of hockey is there's yeah. extras. We've got our backyard rink. We have the public skating rinks in Shinny. But that's on your own time. That's yeah. That's for the team, right? And then the skill development with, with technical coaching, uh, which would be with pucks. Were there skates with no pucks, where the emphasis is strictly on edge work and skating? Not really. Yeah. Uh, that's my 2013 world until now. Yes. <laughs> the 2015 world <laughs> with... Opened your eyes a bit. Different world. Yeah. So um, it was a huge emphasis with Ryan mm-hmm. and with Johnny right away to bring in Jody. Yeah. To bring you in um, <laughs> with the technique, with a, the, the figure skating background, mm-hmm. with, with no pucks. And to some extent, I think the first year, no sticks. Yeah, they did not touch sticks. Like, people don't understand that. They went the whole season. I let them use sticks at the end, and we called it stick day. They were really thrilled. But they didn't use sticks that whole year. So, interesting. So, what what is your take on Jesse's skating compared, compared to Corey's skating? It's interesting because... The technique, yeah, different. So let's just get this out of the way. Corey's two years <laughs> older than Jesse. Yeah, he has two years more of experience, strength. Yeah, you know, tournaments, spring seasons. He's exactly where somebody two years older than another hockey player mm-hmm. should be. However, if you were to put them side by side mm-hmm. and have them do, let's call them fairly complicated edge work drills. Yeah in one of your classes yeah. or with another instructor. Mm-hmm. Jesse is right now ahead of Corey and it's a point of emphasis in our household Yeah, <laughs> because obviously Corey's bigger and better. Yes. He's two years older, but technically he's behind. Yes. It's not, it has not been part of his hockey upbringing and his, and his skating. He's, mm-hmm. he's done the premier skating, the yeah. pre-can skates. He's done yeah. all the hockey camps out there, all the spring hockey mm-hmm. out there all the power skating coaches and so forth, Mm -hmm. but has never done a figure skating coach and the technical side until now. Jesse's been doing it for two years. Yes. Different skater. Different (laughs) skater. And, you know, his skates are five sizes smaller. Yeah. He doesn't have a fancy pair of coated steel blades. Yeah. Technically, he is a much better skater than his older brother. It's so interesting because if you had asked me before, I, I would have said... You know, 2015s don't need technical skating. I, I think it's good to just get on the ice, skate, learn, maybe with your hockey coaches, things like that. But that team has totally changed my thought process, seeing how elite they are and how elite they've become. I had a class this season, um, aside from that team, and I saw other kids coming in at a 2015, whether they were tier one or tier two. And to me, my mind was blown because I was like, I've been working with these kids for two years now and just seeing what they're doing compared to other new people coming in who have never done it as well at a 2015 level. So I got to understand it firsthand. Wow, like they really are advanced and it's because of the skating. So it, it's an interesting, so now now I've changed my mind. I have a whole class now dedicated to 2015, uh, whether it's tier one or tier two, just the technical skating. Yeah, I'll give you another perspective of being a dad in the stands yeah. for, for Corey's group. Um, hockey nowadays, it's a speed game. Yeah. And it's a balance game. 
and it's quick transitions and pivots and mm-hmm. a lot of practices yeah. focus it on small area battle drills. Mm-hmm. You've got to be able to transition while looking at the puck, looking at your opponent mm-hmm. and without losing speed, control yeah. and your spacing on the ice. Um, Jesse's group is tremendous yeah. and, and it's great that you use that word elite because yeah. that's, that's a word that gets thrown out there a lot. Yeah. But, uh, you know, you can't tell from this video, but I'm an average sized human being. My kids will not be big. Yeah. Uh, they will have to be fast. Yeah. Um, I thought you were going to say below average for height, but uh, that was your chance. Um, so, you, you know, you think back to what do you do after you finish the, the pre can yeah. skates? You mm-hmm. get into a learn to play. Yeah. Where does the power skating and technique fit in? Yes. So, for our third, Shelby, who's at Wildcats, the all girls hockey, she'll be. Yeah. Uh, in the five-year-old learn to play yeah. next year, she'll be doing outside edge work mm-hmm. throughout. I don't want to miss this window yes. like I did for Corey between five to let's say nine years old mm-hmm. of losing sight of getting rid of your stick, getting rid of the pucks and focusing on the edge work as a paramount part of the hockey development. Yes. It, yeah, it, it's crazy to look at the two. Like, I mean, Corey is advancing as well, but it is crazy to look at Jesse and and see how advanced he's become in just a short time, which is great. But I mean, that whole team is great. Yes. And he, here's the other thing that you touched on a little bit is a, a lot of hockey coaches. I'm not saying they're all like this, but a lot of people say, "Oh, we do a lot of power skating," and I always have to say, "Is it with a hockey coach or a figure skating coach?" Mm-hmm. Because in my personal opinion, in my opinion only, if a hockey coach has never been trained by a figure skater, there's a very, very different approach that a hockey coach has. A little bit of a different look, which is fine, but a lot of times the technical side is not there. Um, some hockey coaches rush through drills. They're more worried about speed, speed, speed. But for me, I'm the opposite. Uh, I'm worried about technical, mm-hmm. do it slow, and then once you're able to do it, then you can add power. And I find majority are opposite. Again, not all of them, but from what I see and from what I hear, that's what it is. Or they're bag skating them, things like that. For me, I don't see any necessary part of bag skating. I see take take the technical ability and, and focus on that and not focus on the speed. And it'll be a little bit a little bit challenging for kids at first. Sometimes they don't like it, but in the end, it's such a better delivery. Um, and and some of the hockey coaches have been trained by figure skaters, so they do understand the edge work, and some have very basic knowledge. A lot of them come to me and they're like, I've kind of taken this kid as far as I can, mm-hmm. which is, I totally understand that, um, but now he needs you. Um, and some don't don't acknowledge us. They, they don't think that we're better... Um, to teach them, right? And that's a whole different thing we've talked about. But from my experience, I, I really think that at a young age, they do need the technical because at first, they are learning slow technique. Once they add speed, by the time they're 2013, if they started like Jesse and Sammy and Declan at 2015, you're going to see that huge difference and they're just going to continue to progress where when you're coming in at 2013 2012 even if you're coming in at 2011 you're kind of backtracking right so that's just my thoughts on that not saying every figure skater has to come out there and again here's the other thing that that i want to ask you about is it's about behavior Mm -hmm. the reason being 
that I would have said no to a 2015, 2000, even uh, maybe 14 is, are they ready for it? Like, like some behavior is not acceptable to me. So I'm not out there to babysit in the nicest way possible. I love all those kids, but I'm as a coach, I don't want to be babysitting the kids at the same time. So for me, it's individual. You have to see if that child is wanting it. Like Sammy and Declan, they love it. And Jesse mm-hmm. loves it. Like they want to go to skating where some other kids don't want to go. So A, do they love it? Do they want to be there? Not skating with sticks sometimes or definitely no pucks, right? And are they able to listen to a coach? Are they able to listen? I can command kids. Like I'm good at that. But, you know, if you're the only coach on the ice and you've got 12 little kids and, and two are acting up, it, it changes the dynamic of the of the the skate right Mm -hmm. so are they ready for it and and I as a coach I'm always unsure of whose job that is so when the kids step on the ice as a coach I don't feel it's my job to be disciplining your child and teaching my class my job is to teach my class so I'm curious what you teach because we all know the 2015s are amazing They, they behave they listen they're so great so a, as a dad, what are you teaching Corey and Jesse before they go to lesson? But also, what are you guys doing on that team? I know Ryan is really great at that, but what are you talking to those kids in the room about before they come on the lesson with me? Because they are such great listeners. They behave, they want to have fun, and they, they love it. So not that doesn't happen all the time. You know, the parent on the way to the rink mm-hmm. in the house there's an obligation and it's not to coach yeah it's not to contradict what's happening on the ice it's not to second guess decision making of a coach especially mm-hmm. at higher level hockey yeah but behavior is one of those things attitude hard work mm-hmm. that is always going to be our responsibility yeah so what is our role picking the kids up from school taking them over to the rink uh, assisting or not with equipment it's to it's to remind our kids that they're out there to work hard, they're out there to listen to their coaches, to yeah. listen to you, mm-hmm. to have the right attitude. You know, it's it's great to have fun. Yeah, it's it's tremendous when these kids are trying hard and smiling and having a yeah, good time. Especially that young, you you want them to enjoy what they're doing and have a good time. But you know, there's also a, a line that they have to. Well, like they have to be kids. Well, kids are kids. Yeah, <laughs> and and they make a, a, a seven-year-old, eight-year-old, like the twenty fifteen group. They're gonna make decisions that reflect what a grade two decision maker will make. Yes, is it your job to police it? No, you'll you'll certainly have a role out there to yeah. Uh, yeah if I have to, I have to speak directly. Mm-hmm. But you you can absolutely have open dialogue with a parent if there are behavioral issues. Yeah. If it's uh, you know, inhibiting the group, mm-hmm. uh, if it's making it more difficult to do your job. Yeah. But as a parent, I always think our job is not to coach, but our job is to be a parent, whether it's for school, whether it's for family commitments, whether it's for sports. Uh, that's our role. And that doesn't stop as soon as we get our kid onto the ice and into yeah. your world. It, it continues. Uh, now, as a parent, you, you're not running over to the boards yeah. and banging on the glass and saying, you know, yeah. start listening or, or pick it up. But uh, yeah, they're teachable moments. There was a practice once where one of my boys raced off 
to be the first one off, to be the first one out of the dressing room, Mm -hmm. and didn't help the coach pick up pucks. And, you know, this is... Like with the pylons, yeah. Sure, but that was a conversation in the car Yeah. to remind my child that they're there to help. Yeah. It's it's not a race to get off the ice. Yeah. It's not a race to get out of the dressing room. Uh, it, it is helpful for the coach to pick up pucks, pick up pylons, yeah. help by grabbing extra water bottles. That's a behavioral point of emphasis. Mm-hmm. Did I get in the car and start yelling about uh, <laughs> an ozone, um, you know, cross-ice pass to the weak side? God, no. That's yeah. for the coach to talk about directly with my with, yeah. with my kid. Okay. So that that's where I sort of differentiate you know, it leads me to, to another point. I think the toughest part as a parent is your child on the car ride home might want to be scolded a little bit, mm-hmm. may not want to be. And Yeah, well, you're, you're the coach and the dad, so who yes. are you when you leave the rink, right? So a, a, a good friend of mine who coached for years, who's a, a parent in our group, yeah, he said, ask your child, do they <laughs> want do dad? Want? Or do they want coach? And, and what do they answer? I'd say about half the time they say, I oh, want dad. Yeah. And I yeah. say the same thing. Yeah. AAA hockey is hard work. Keep working hard. Yeah. We're proud of you. Yeah. If they say I want coach, I get a whole car ride to myself to hmm. talk about technical, tactical. Yeah. What you've seen. Behavior. Yeah. Certainly with, with body language, with attitude. Mm-hmm. Um, that's the point I feel like I can always chat about okay whereas the coaching side with the technical and tactical that's for the coaches to deal with directly Mm, that's a good point yeah because when you are a coach you kind of have to be a dad too it's difficult right (laughs) so interesting so what is your obviously you have just gone into Corey was double a with lee side this year he's made the big jump to triple a so what what's the biggest thing you notice? Like obviously there was a road to get there. Yes. But what's the biggest thing you notice in Corey? Was he really excited that he now made a dub like from double A AA to triple A? He made the jump. Was he nervous? Or what was the feeling on you as a parent? Because it's got to be a little bit of pressure, no? It is, and th- there's typically no parent volunteers at the triple A level. And there's Very exceptions, right? Yeah. Um, there's paid coaches. Mm-hmm. With double A, it's typically the opposite. So every year I ask both boys, mm-hmm. do you want me to keep coaching or okay. do you want to do this on your own? Yeah. And every year they've both said, we want you to keep coaching. Yeah. So for Corey, that meant staying in double A. And okay. he was fully aware, lots of his friends that he yeah. was playing with were going to triple A. Um, and this was one of those years where early on in the double A season, mm-hmm. um, we had those same conversations yeah. and he said, I'm, I'm ready I'm ready to go hmm. up to AAA. I'm, I'm ready for you to be in the stands. I'm yeah. ready to have different coaches. Uh, and it was a great run. Now, trust me, there were some difficult moments. To get there, yes. Yeah, as a parent coach, you you aren't paying as much attention to your child mm-hmm. as you'd like to because you're coaching 14 other players. Yeah. <laughs> but in the car ride home and at home, mm-hmm. you're then coaching one player on good plays and on bad plays. Yeah. And you and I know how hockey games go. Mm-hmm. Unless your kid gets a hat trick and they win the game yeah. three to two, <laughs> yeah. you're going to find something wrong mm-hmm. with their game. And both my boys play forward. Corey's a right-handed shot 
Jesse's a left-handed shot. Yeah. And I've coached the forward group for, for both teams. Okay. Uh, so that's sort of where my, my framework is. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it was it was that time. Corey's hockey has always been excellent. Um, he's always worked very, very hard at it. It's mm-hmm. something he does quite seriously week in, week out, and all year long. And yeah. we'll talk momentarily about what the off-season looks like. Yeah. Um, so what mirrored that really well for him was going up to AAA where um, a lot of other players are treating this sport as their primary extracurricular right. activity yeah, yeah. virtually all year round. Mm-hmm. Um, no issue with AA. It's fantastic if uh, you want to stay in the community, mm-hmm. if you'd like to coach, if you have other siblings at the same community organization yeah. like a Lee Side North Toronto Forest mm-hmm. Hill or a Scarborough. Yeah. Um, but if you're ready to leave the comfort of yeah. the rink that's five minutes away mm-hmm. and play against uh, other very eager families and mm-hmm. uh, active hockey players. Yeah. AAA is a very, very good fit. Yeah. All of these organizations and leagues have their warts. There's going to be parts that you don't love. Yeah. Um, that comes with everything. So yeah. that's how it goes. And, and one coach said, you know, AA is 90% fun. Mm-hmm. 10% crazy and AAA <laughs> is just a hundred percent crazy yeah, there's some truth to it yeah yeah it was it was time for Corey he's so far thoroughly enjoying it yeah he's had um, he's been in three tournaments with his team they have already two to three practices yeah. a week throughout the spring oh. um, there's some optional skates throughout mm-hmm. the summer yeah and they pick it up uh, heavily after uh, well, I guess in August. Yeah. Leading into a two-week training camp for end of August. I'm surprised they get together in the spring, but I guess that's a lot of teams. They want to get together right away as soon as they're done. Their other team, if they come from somewhere else, they got to get together, see how the team looks. But wow, that I mean, as long as he's happy, because it's really about the kids. Like so, it, sometimes it's the parents pushing pushing the kid to go double A, go triple A, whichever it may be, but. I think it's important that they're happy as well because they're the ones, like you say, they might be losing um, their friend group or they might be gaining a new one, which is nice. I know all three of the the boys are playing together now, which is great um, with Zach and with Stefan. Yes. So what are your thoughts on the spring? Like right now it seems crazy. So we're in spring Mm -hmm. and everybody was done hockey, but, and obviously classes are full, everything's crazy, but there is so many tournaments going on that... You know, back in the day, there wasn't that much emphasis on the spring teams. I know it's a big deal, and it only lasts for a little bit. Some are going all through the summer. Mm-hmm. Um, what are your thoughts on training in the summer? Because I have a little bit of thought on this, but what, what is your thought on, say, Jesse or, or Corey especially, training throughout the spring and summer when he's done his previous team? So I'm the multi-sport Parent. Oh, you are. Okay. Uh, Corey played AAA baseball at Leaside. Yeah. He played Nitro soccer at North Toronto. Yeah. I uh, had coached Jesse's rep baseball team with Leaside baseball <laughs> for two years. Uh, Shelby yeah. plays soccer, baseball. All of them Aww. swim. Yeah. We go on ski trips. Yeah. We go golfing as a family. Um, we do a lot of dry land training. Uh, we're, we're busy. Wow. How, yeah. How do you get all that in? I can't even imagine. So in the <laughs> spring... Just like the winter, yeah. hockey trumps the rest of the schedule. Yeah, obviously, and because it's, you can't do... Well, I guess if you're doing indoor soccer, but you're doing a lot of 
focus on hockey throughout the season for sure. Yeah, and, and what what that's done is that's diminished the ability to play rep sports, mm. um, the baseballs, the soccer's, yeah. the lacrosse's, so mm-hmm. uh, the flag footballs, and so yeah. the kids are signed up for consistent house league level, yeah. if not development level. Mm-hmm. Uh, so just sort of around rep level where there's a very light commitment, where the coaches are very aware, the hockey schedule, the tournament schedule. Yeah. Um, you know, the, it's going to take up most of your time. And the, there's exhibition games. So Serena and I joke that when something gets scheduled in team snap, mm-hmm. it's like a grenade goes off with your calendar. <laughs> You've got, uh, you're playing um, a team from the OMHA yeah. up north, you know, one hour drive away, you got to be there an hour early. The game's a little bit over an hour. It takes an hour to get home. Yeah. There's a four and a half hour grenade that's just gone off for your family <laughs> on a Friday night. Yeah. That's hockey in the spring. Mm-hmm. You wow. sign up for it mm-hmm. with competitive hockey. Yeah. You know, to some extent, single A and double A is right up there as well. Yeah. And the other sports take a hit. With that said, if you've got an active family mm-hmm. and you've got the time and the means after school and on weekends yeah. to race kids around. Yeah, yeah, you're driving uh, everywhere. You're just, you go with the flow and yeah. you do it because you can play hockey, you can sign up for lessons and mm-hmm. tournaments and spring teams and you can be busy with hockey every day. Yeah, uh, It would be expensive and time consuming, but you could be. What does that do at the end of the day for your hockey? Mm-hmm. If you're not, you know, playing soccer, mm-hmm. if you're not, you know, playing sports with yeah. your friends. If you're not getting out as a kid and going to a driving range, then going to a par three and walking a course with your with your bag. And, yeah. you know, there, there's so many skills kids should be working on mm-hmm. that we love hockey. We take it as seriously as any other extracurricular for probably 11 months of the year. Yeah. And that leads me to our philosophy with July is July, the kids, no matter what, are in running shoes. Mm. Uh, July 1 to July 31, uh, it's tough. We say no. Uh, the other yeah. 11 months, we say yes and uh, take on that grenade going off in our calendar mentality with anything hockey related. Wow. Uh, but July is you get to play baseball tournaments. You yeah. get to join other intramural sports, whether it's with camps or with no school. No hockey and no ice. Anything else pretty much in July? Well, you know, if they want to throw on rollerblades, if yeah. they want to <laughs> shoot pucks, if they want to play mini sticks, if they want to work on their shooting. Yeah, but they're outside. Great. They're doing it on their own. They're they're not on skates. They're not on the ice. Well, I, I, I honestly think that's great because I love the multi-sport. So, some people believe in hockey only. Um, I think multi-sport is great. They're still kids. And maybe they're, you know, dual athletes. They're great at a lot of things. I know a lot of the boys play lacrosse. Mm-hmm. Um but I think it is important for, even if you're just done the season, if, if you don't want to take all of July off, let's just say you take two weeks, if people have a cottage, go away. Like, they need a break. Like, even the pro athletes, you know, they take a break. It, it's it's kind of mandatory in for mental health, I think. And for the kids to just have fun and be kids. So I, I like that. And I know a lot of people, as a coach, I always talk about coach, coach burnout, even at the end of the season, by, by April, I'm tired. I, I've learned now I have to take a little bit of a break, but the kids do too. And I think the parents need it. You're, you're the ones driving all these kids everywhere. And even though it's, you're doing it for your kids, you love it. It's tiring. So I think everybody needs a break, but especially the kids and and the younger they are, I think it's, it's so important. So I, I like hearing that because a lot of people aren't like that. And they, they don't realize that sometimes by not being on the ice for three weeks, they come back and they're better. 
because they're rested, they feel a little bit better. Whereas if they're constant, 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 or let's say they have an injury, they, they're forced to take time off, right? So I think a break is, is healthy and I think it's needed for sure, especially with the younger kids. And I'll tell you, our cheat code, and this is something we pass on to other parents. Yeah. And we didn't come up with this. We have yeah. tremendous support around us. <laughs> school sports. Yeah. So our kids all go to public school, um, neighborhood public school. Yeah. Any possible team sport at school, um, not just hockey, although hockey is fantastic, but slow pitch, yeah. ultimate frisbee, yeah. the football team, cross country, track and field, volleyball. Those are fantastic for these kids yeah. because they're going to have hockey, fall, winter, spring, not daily, but certainly almost every yeah, day, yeah. With especially with more than one kid in mm-hmm. the family. Yeah. Play as many sports as you can at your school mm-hmm. where you're practicing at lunch, yeah. you're practicing right after yeah, school or good. before. Yeah. You have tournaments. I was at a full day volleyball tournament yeah. watching one of the kids. Yeah. I was at track and field, cross country watching. Yeah. They're doing things outside of hockey, outside of the confines of the neighborhood, mm-hmm. you know, uh, development baseball team or soccer team, and their teachers are their coaches. Yeah, it's been the best way to tackle other sports in the hockey season without screwing up our schedule. Because they're at school and they're doing them at school, which is so that's right. So handy for you as the parent, but yeah, that's a great that's a great uh, thing because they're getting kind of the best of both worlds, right? So, and and I know. There's, you know, people will listen to this thinking, my kid's not going to be off all of July. Yeah. That's crazy. I know. You're, you're not the only one, but it is rare that, that I hear that. So, But we, like June, uh, when tournaments start to subside, yeah. families take a little bit of June off. Mm-hmm. The kids, our boys this week will each have been on four times, four different types of practices. Yeah. Um, next week will be about the same. So we're, we're going to keep a very heavy frequency of skates on a repetitive basis mm-hmm. until they finish school. Yeah. They finish school. When I say off for a month, I mean it. But when they get yeah, back yeah. in August, it's back to mm-hmm. building up the endurance, getting back on the ice and treating this again, almost like trying to get into mid-season form pretty quickly. Yeah. Well, that's, that's kind of what August is for, you know? Like, yeah, it's an interesting concept and people people don't like to do it because they think they're going to be missing out and they think, oh my God, I have to be training. But I mean, each to to do their own thing, but it, I find it can help an athlete a lot to have a little bit of a break mentally too and, and just getting something different, right? Whether it's playing another sport or just getting off the ice. Like I said, a lot of people go to the cottage, just kind of a nice, nice little break. So mm-hmm. I think it's good. Yeah. But, oh yeah. Interesting. Well, that's a lot of, of uh, parent perspective. I like it. I just, I want to offer one more, Yeah. one more piece. Yeah. My favorite podcast is the GM Shuffle. Yeah. There's a former GM in the NFL, Michael Lombardi. Yeah. Who constantly says, if you're not coaching it, you're allowing it to happen. Yeah. And, you know, going back to some of our earlier points. Yeah. Yes. Yes. And and even as a parent coach. Yeah. You know, I often think, what's our job? It's to try and get these kids to have a lot less pressure during games and bring out their best possible athlete in terms of power, speed, intensity, and Mm -hmm. attitude. If you're not coaching it, if you're seeing something with your own child, with teammates, Mm -hmm. especially behaviorally, you're not bringing it up, you're not addressing it directly with that kid Mm -hmm. or with the parents or with the coaching group, you're allowing it to happen. And that's where bad habits set in for the individual, for the team. Mm -hmm. That's a big part of my philosophy with the kids. Now, often 
I've got to bite my tongue a little bit in yeah. the car. Do you want dad or do you want coach? Right. And if they say they want dad, mm-hmm. I got to tell them it's hard work. I'm proud of them and so forth. Yes. But, 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 you have to remember these are 10 year olds, nine year olds, yeah. seven year olds. They don't know. Yeah. They're learning. <laughs> It's our job to Listen, help them. Sometimes it's the 13, 14 year olds too. Yes. It, it just it just depends on the individual, right? But that's a great point because you know sometimes when if I bring something up to the parent, most times it's it's good. They say, "Oh, sorry, I didn't realize he was acting that way," or or they'll talk to them and it doesn't happen again. But as as a little player, it, it's difficult because if they don't address it or if I don't as a coach address it, mm-hmm. you're right, they're not going to know and then they're going to continue. They're almost like testing you a little bit. They're going to continue to treat you the way that you let them and then they're not going to learn and unfortunately for me, I don't I don't accept those kind of behaviors so sometimes for a parent it's difficult because I have to say to them, they have to have more discipline. They have to have great behavior on the ice because all of the other players on the ice are here to skate and are here to enjoy and are here to work hard, yet your player is disrupting the class. And yeah. and for a coach, it's, it's really it, it's really not something that we want to be dealing with. So I'm glad as a parent you're talking about that with the kids because I think every parent should. It's the same as a teacher. You know, you're going to school every day. Are you respecting your teacher? Are you behaving? Are you listening to what they're saying? Um, I, I often talk about the thing that hurts me the most is a disrespectful child. Mm-hmm. And... Whether that's, you know, they're goofing off and being with their friends or things, but there's a line between kind of being that class clown at, at the skate and then disrespect, right? Yeah. So there's a big difference there. And yeah, if you're not teaching that at home or preparing them, hey, listen, you're going to school today, you better, you know, respect your teacher. But a coach is the same thing. And, and I often talk about being a female coach versus a male coach. I think a lot of them treat us differently sometimes, not always, but sometimes we have to prove ourselves a little bit more and we need those kids to be understanding from their parent that it's the same respect right Mm -hmm. so i think that's great because it makes my job easier and i've always said stepping on the ice with kids who are there to work hard is what i want i don't care what level they are it it doesn't matter to me sometimes i have triple a older players that are fooling around and for me it's just unacceptable behavior so it's individual. It, it doesn't matter the level. I'm a skating coach. I can work with any kind of skater. It's more the behavior that I'm looking for and also the love to be there. Do you want to be there and are you really wanting to work on your skating? There's some kids that don't say a word the whole practice and they're sweating and they're working so hard and I'd, I'd much rather work with someone like that other than someone who's going to be disrespectful. So so as a parent, that's got to be difficult, right? So, Yeah, and I'll tell you. We send them to school. Mm-hmm. We pick them up. Yeah. <laughs> they eat a snack in the car. Yeah. They change into their underlayer. Yeah. And then we say, "Go perform." Go. Yeah. I I don't know. You don't know what, what their days really been yeah. like. I, I'm not experiencing it. Mm-hmm. I, they they're not just you know where you can flip a switch and you've yeah. activated this perfect athlete. It's a process. Yeah. It's a hockey's a marathon. Mm-hmm. It is not a sprint. Yeah. <laughs> You've got to prepare with with good sleep routines, good mm-hmm. eating routines, good hydration routines, yeah. and and mentally, it's if if a, if a typical player has five to seven skates a week during mm-hmm. the season with games, yeah. they're not all going to go really well. Yeah. There's going to be some where you know the kids off a little bit, oh for sure, energy levels slow yeah. down, their attitudes off a little bit. If you treat it a bit more. Uh, like looking at the forest and not just the individual tree. I think <laughs> yeah. it, as a parent, it takes a little bit of pressure yeah. off. 
And one of my friends always jokes, imagine if somebody watched my men's league games. Yeah. And then yelled at me the whole car ride home <laughs> yeah. because I had a bad breakout yeah, pass. Yeah, true. So we're not being watched under a microscope as adults. I mm-hmm. hope not. Um, but that's how we watch our kids. Yeah. We expect them to be robots with hockey. Mm-hmm. Hockey is a very, very fluid sport yeah. with... Um, uh, a lot of things that happen that the player can't control. Yeah. There's one puck, 10 skaters. Yeah. There's goalies. There's line changes. There's penalties. There's coaches. There's yeah. whistles. Um, all you can help your child do is prepare in that car ride for hard work, good hockey IQ, yeah. focusing and listening, and mm-hmm. the right attitude. Yeah. And that's the pillars they can come into the rink with. And, you know, it's their sport. It's their extracurricular. My reputation does not rest on how my kid plays. Yeah. My honor does not rest on how my kid plays. And as a parent, you've got to remind yourself, this is their sport, it's their activity, yeah. it's not mine. And and I can tell the difference between the kids who have maybe been taught that, or maybe some have and they just don't execute it when they're on the ice, but you can tell the difference. You know what I always say is, this doesn't happen often, but when it does, it really touches my heart. Like when, when a young player comes up after a skate and says, thank you, Jody." Or thanks, coach. Thanks for the lesson. Like, it is just the sweetest thing because many people don't do that. A lot of the older boys do that, that are understanding. Maybe they're elite athletes. They're understanding that this is really helping them. This is kind of pivotal in their career at the time. Mm -hmm. Um, But when the little kids do it, it's just so sweet because it just shows me that that parent is really training them to respect and to behave, but not only that, to be appreciative of a coach, which is amazing to me. So I, I always have a, have it's such a I have a little soft spot for those kids because, like I said, it, it doesn't happen often, but when it does, it's so sweet. So, so yeah, I can tell the difference between um, parents who are really teaching their kids to honor coaches, and uh, yeah, I have to say, I, I really love it. So. Well, on behalf of all the parents that have ever <laughs> had the privilege of putting their kids in with you, thank you. Yeah. You are dedicated, you're focused, you have the best attitude, and Aww. you. there's an intensity you bring with this edge work um, that the kids look forward to the skate, they, they try their hardest, yeah. and they turn into such brilliant skaters, <laughs> and they evolve. They evolve yeah. with their own hockey yeah. uh, to mold to the demands of the practicing and the games. Yeah. Well, thank you for, for bringing your kids to me, first and foremost. Like, I, I met you through the team, which is great. But now mm-hmm. the, the kids are coming to me um, privately for the classes, which is great. And, and and thank you for coming on the ice with me. So, like I said, JV now comes on the ice with me and helps with the, uh, with the little classes. And I really appreciate him doing that. Just the energy we both have is so fun. So, we'll definitely be doing this again. Uh, I love the parent perspective, so thank you for coming on. Thanks, it gives Jody. It gives me a, a different perspective as well. So, we'll definitely have you on again. And uh, I guess I'll see you Monday on the ice. I'll see you Monday on the ice. <laughs> Thanks so much, JD. Thanks, Jody. Thanks for listening. See you on the ice.